1: Co-worker of yours.
0: Sports
1: Radio 101.9 FM The WFAN It's 9.05 here on this Friday evening we're rocking and rolling a little late happy hour with JJ Jastrzemski we're taking you through the next three hours right here on The Fan and feeling some withdrawals not going to lie it's the first friday where we don't have football to look forward to in quite a while and no i'm not counting the bye week so i thought it'd be you know a good time to welcome in some giant royalty some broadcasting royalty and we'll get a sense for how his overall super bowl experience was the super bowl mvp and the outstanding analyst from the nfl today and inside the nfl our dude the great phil sims what's
0: happening phil uh nothing JJ. i hope you're doing well good to be on with you and i actually said to somebody a few minutes ago i said well you know what are you doing at work tomorrow And they said tomorrow's saturday and i went oh okay i mean i've lost all track of time since the football season's over and uh hopefully i'll enjoy a few a little a couple weeks off before we get back into whatever's going on in the nfl world
1: Well, well well-deserved for you, another kick-ass season, and you guys just finished up a Super Bowl, and it was probably the weirdest Super Bowl known to man, Phil, from what we're used to. You know, Radio Row, all the people, all the parties. You're down there as a part of the CBS team as a whole. Was it super weird, or once you got into the game, it was kind of business as usual?
0: Oh, it was different. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we, were, we didn't go down. Usually I would go down eight or nine days before the Super Bowl uh, when we work it. And this year we went down on Thursday afternoon before the game, and we basically stayed in our hotel rooms uh, the whole time unless we were at the stadium doing a little work, which we did on Saturday and the, and the, and the pregame show on Sunday. And it was quieter, of course. Uh, we're in a hotel. Usually it's buzzing and it was empty. Uh, nobody in the lobbies, it was really strange. And, of course, uh, the game was so different. There was a crowd, there was some noise, but it was mainly just Tampa Bay fans, it, it seemed like to me. And, um, yeah, the, it, even in the pregame, you know, usually everybody's yelling at you, you're in there, you see all the people, and there just wasn't a lot of people walking around because it was so limited and, you know, so it was very well controlled and rightly so.
1: You know, Phil, I was thinking about this because I had Rich Gannon on a few weeks ago, and I know you were a part of that broadcast for the Tuck Rule game and the snowball up in New England many moons ago. If I would have told analyst Phil Sims way back when that he'd be a part of a Super Bowl broadcast in 2021 and this guy by the name of Tom Brady would still be playing, still be throwing it great, winning his seventh Super Bowl, I mean, you would have called me every nasty name in
0: the book, right? Oh, yeah, I definitely would have made some fun <laughs> of you. There's no doubt about it. I'd have been very sarcastic sometimes, which comes easy for me, and uh, all those things. And when Tom Brady said, when he first made the statement, I want to play Tom 45, I, hey, listen, I just went, yeah, okay. All right, uh, good luck on that. And, uh, look, he's proven everybody wrong. Um, of course, if he doesn't play till he's 45 now, I think I'll be very, very surprised. Everybody goes, oh, one more year. I think he's going to go as as long as he can. Uh, It's a great situation. He's basically gone through, like, three eras of the NFL in his career. One, which was old school. Then they started doing things a little different, different offenses now to what we see out there now. And uh, it's just amazing. And I'll say this about him. Yeah, his footwork and – moving around is not what it used to be no doubt but it doesn't matter he's playing for the perfect coach that doesn't require a lot of that but his arm JJ I, I you know it's it's top notch and I can say this with all honesty and and I mean it I think he threw the ball physically better this year as he did most of his career and he, he probably his only problem throwing the ball this year I thought at times he threw it too hard. And, uh, but it's just really something, how hard he's worked at his craft, taking care of himself and especially throwing, you know, he's the quarterback, like a basketball player. What do they do to the offseason? They shoot, they get better at shooting. And he just keeps working on his throwing and it shows. And just another reason why he won another Super Bowl.
1: Phil, I totally agree with you. And listen, it means something coming from you. Cause you know, the position as well as anybody. And, you know, I was thinking about this as well. They're not going anywhere, Tampa. I know they got some free agent decisions, but the NFC's kind of wide open. I'm Tom Brady. I'm saying I got a coach I'm comfortable with. I got a badass defense that gets after the quarterback. I got my guys. Even if I lose, let's say, Godwin, I'm Tom Brady. People are going to want to come and play with me. Phil, I'm not ruling out the idea that Brady can't win another one of these
0: bad boys. Are you? Yeah, I think you said something that was pretty interesting. People will want to join... Tampa now Tom Brady Bruce Arians the most honest guy you'll ever meet you know a lot of people can't handle him because he's too honest uh it is in Florida they play on grass it is a good team this is the you know the end of your somewhat not the end of your career but guys that are looking for that good team a lot of good situations they're down there you know just take a guy like J.J. Watt I don't think he will go to Tampa but he's going man they're good they can win they're going to the playoffs. It's Tom Brady, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's just attractive. It's going to be attractive to a lot of players, especially guys that have already kind of made their mark in the NFL, and they're very good, and they're going to look for a spot because they want to do what? You know, so many guys, tremendous players, never get a chance to play in the Super Bowl. And uh, all I can say is if you don't, then you're missing one of the greatest experiences of your life in sports for sure.
1: The great Phil Simms, he joins us here on The Fan. Okay, Phil, do you get the sense that defensive coordinators now all offseason are going to be going to town on what Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers were able to do? Or was that just a unique skill set that that defense had? Front four, talented linebacker, they're super fast, Levante David. I mean, Devin White, the guy was all over the field, basically shadowing Travis Kelsey. I think a lot of defensive coordinators are going to try to implement that game plan. But trying to do so against Patrick Mahomes, as you know, is a lot easier said than done. But what is the element that needs to come into play for all these contenders in the AFC? I'm talking Buffalo. I'm talking Baltimore. I'm talking Miami, my team. If they are going to close the gap with
0: Kansas City, how do you go about that? Well, let's put it this way. They could all close the gap if Kansas city lines up with the same offensive line and we can say all we want, all this, that, and everything about the game, it came down to two things. Is Kansas city offensive line going to be able to hang in there? And the answer is just without question. Absolutely not. The other thing is that surprised me, you know, we get to talk a lot, but we don't get to talk enough is that Andy Reid really never made adjustments that, Oh, my line can't block them. Let's do something different, blocking-wise, to give our quarterback more time. And the other one, which was a huge part of the game, uh, was how would the officials officiate the game? Well, they let Kansas City's defense, which is grabby, handsy, and all the time, all year long, how will they call it? And I think to everybody's surprise, they called it tight. And it it changed many things in the game. And lastly, uh, two things. Lastly, how Kansas City managed the end of the first half was, you know, I'm not a second guesser. I don't do that. It was not good. I, I'll just go leave it at that. I, know, hated playing, it, playing, I hated it, Phil. I hated it. Giving Brady down. a
1: free down on third and two. I And listen, Andy oh. Reid's going to be in the Hall of Fame, so I could second guess and I could get left at a, a year from now or a couple of months from now. I'm thinking watching that game saying, man, third and two, Tom Brady on the other
0: side, Phil, that's a high percentage play. Well, you, listen, they called a timeout at third and two. Let the half end. Tampa is just trying to get to the locker room. And then they get the first down. He makes a nice little quick throw to Gronkowski. Then Kansas City plays bump and run, dare you, defense. And Tom Brady throws it up in the air. And they get the personal or the pass interference down the left side against Rashad Breeland. And not only that, now they... We got 13 seconds to go in the half, and they blitz everybody and leave Tyron Matthew one-on-one. They get the pass interference. It leads to a touchdown. So, so many things about it uh, that are – but that was the big thing. There's no secret that what Tampa – wasn't the blueprint. The, the Kansas City Chiefs have seen that defense almost every game this year. They see it all the time. They adapted very well to it. Uh, it was the pass protection – which is where they did not adapt. And, um, you know, that was the difference in the game. It really was.
1: Phil, quarterbacks are going to be the story of the offseason. To me, there's no bigger storyline. Get ready. There's Sean Watson. I'm going to be taking calls on it nonstop, whether it's the Jets, whether it's Miami, uh, whether it's San Francisco, you name it. This element of the quarterback now dictating terms in the league, you like it or does it bother you? Well, you know, JJ, what what do you mean, dictating terms
0: like they like Russell Wilson? Like a guy like
1: I'll put it like Watson, for example. Wilson, yeah. I think, is trying to you know send a message, basically. Phil, I think Deshaun Watson, through his agent, is trying to say, "I want the hell out of Houston." Does that does well, that bother you when you see something like that?
0: No, I don't think it bothers me. No, it doesn't. Because uh, first off, I don't know the whole story, and unless I knew Deshaun Watson, I couldn't really make a comment that would probably Make me feel good or whatever, but I think it's going to be interesting if it does go to a standoff. You know what the Houston Texans do, or what does Deshaun Watson do? I mean, you know, we you say, "Oh, it's not about the money. I'll hold out. I, I don't worry about." It. But man, listen, I, I don't know what his number is this coming year for salary, but when you start missing those paychecks, I don't care how much money you got, uh, that will be. So if Houston really stands. By that motto, we're not letting go, and, you know, we're not going to trade him. It's just going to be interesting. I I, I said it's – I always thought when I first heard it, well, they'll just trade him and start over because that's what they need to do down in Houston anyway. But as time goes on, you know, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm, I can't even make a good educated guess. Maybe Houston digs their heels in and goes, we're not going to bend to this and let the player dictate what's going to go on. And um, so it's going to be interesting. You know, all these quarterbacks, the movement, where they're going to land, I think we're going to find out like we always do, like the draft, J.J. We're going to be very surprised by a few of the moves, that's for sure, where people sign and what happens. And I'm like a fan. I'm just going to sit back, wait and see what happens and um, talk about it once it does.
1: I love it. Um, If Watson ends up getting moved, what do you think is the best landing spot for him?
0: Well, you know, to me, well, San Francisco, of course, would be great. Uh, within- that's
1: the Super Bowl team, Phil Sims. They get the Sean Watson. I'm picking them to go to the Super Bowl.
0: Well, I, they would definitely be high on my list, that's for sure. Uh, and then, you know, they got to keep everybody healthy. That's good. But the other team that you know really, and I know they drafted Tua last year, the Miami Dolphins. They're they're that's for real down there. What they're doing, they've had a couple really good draft classes in a row. They got a ton of picks coming up this year. They absolutely killed it in free agency last year. They are really well coached. They got a great program going down there now. And I think they're they're a team that's going to be around for a while. And but you know, it comes to this. I, I said this to somebody today. How many years can you just keep drafting really good draft class and all of a sudden you've got nothing but a young team and all these contracts come up at once and all that? So, you know, sooner or later, you got to jump out there and get those key free agents to, to put your team over the top. Tua, he did, he did okay this year. But, you know, I think there is some concern, and rightly so. Um, uh, I wasn't shocked by the way he played. Uh, I'm not saying the Dolphins offense really helped him a great deal. But, um, you know, he, he – he, there was nothing that stood out when I watched him play. I didn't go, wow, he's really athletic. Oh, his arm is great. He has great size. He's great mobility. I couldn't put my finger on anything. So second year around, if he's still the quarterback down there, we'll find out more about him, that's for sure.
1: You think they got to get a guy who's, you know, a yak guy? Like Devontae Smith, for example. He's the perfect guy that comes to mind because he played with two at Alabama. Is that the element you think more than anything Phil was missing in that offense for Miami? Or was it the well, lack of a vertical passing game where it felt like they were just throwing everything underneath and saying, All right, kid, don't screw it up.
0: Yeah, well, we saw the differences when he was in there and when Ryan Fitzpatrick came in the two games and and back all of a sudden I you know, listen, I watched this stuff, it was the same plays, except Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, he's sees it downfield, willing to rip it and throw it and let it go and he had he had good success doing that. But yeah, I would say one of the things they definitely need a top flight receiver to go along with what they're doing. But again, man, offensive line was young, defensive lines loaded with good guys, the linebacking core, the state of the host secondary. I, I like it all. So there there's a lot to like about the Miami Dolphins. And they're only gonna be better next year, that's for sure. So but you're right, short passing game. Got to do a little more on the offensive side, no doubt. So they made some changes there. Chan Gailey retired again. So we'll see what they do. But uh, to me, their offense is what held them back, and they're at the end of the year, and um, so they're going to have to fix that, get it better. And I'm going to wait and see. You know, it's just it's just one year for Tua. So let's give it a little more time before we start saying let's look for another quarterback too. But When Deshaun Watson sent out there, JJ, you go. That's pretty good stuff. Hard. I ain't kidding, Phil. I mean,
1: I think about guys at that position. There's maybe, and I'm going to exclude Rodgers and Brady because of their age. The only guys I'd say without hesitation I'd want over Deshaun Watson are Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. And that's not trying to disparage Allen or Herbert. There are so many great talents. Phil, he's that good. You know what I mean? Like, I if I'm the Jets, if I'm any of these teams, man, I'm doing a whole lot to try to get him on my side.
0: Well, listen, he's, you know, a terrific talent, and he's a blend of Tom Brady and uh, Lamar Jackson put together. Uh, I don't know how to what else to say. He can be a pocket quarterback. He can run. He can move in the pocket, get outside, all that. Uh, I thought it's throwing. This year, as the year went on, just kept getting better and better. He threw with more power. Uh, Just, you know, he had great confidence that he was controlling the football. You know, it's like a golfer. You stand on the tee box and you, hey, I know I'm going to hit it down the middle. So you swing hard and you just crush it down the middle. And that was the Sean Watson throwing the football. And there are very few quarterbacks in the league with his overall talent. Phil,
1: final one, and I appreciate the time. Quarterback position, obviously it's a case-by-case basis. You're somebody that evaluates a lot of these guys. The timetable has changed for a lot of these teams now. Rookies are playing oh, yeah. right away. They're throwing yeah. them right into the fire. When is the moment for the most part where you look at a guy and kind of determine, all right, this is what he is? Is it after two years? Is it after three years? As a whole, what do you think that general timetable normally is?
0: Well, yeah, you know, I would say two or three years, we, we know what we got. And um, now the question is, okay, if it, he is, whatever he is, can we put the right team around him for him to have success in our team to go where we want it to go? And so the, I understand what you're saying. You know, like, let's just take Justin Herbert. I don't need to see anything else. Just whatever you want to say. He showed it all to me. This is a big-time, 100% franchise quarterback. And, and and it wasn't like he was on a great team. They, I think they did underachieve. But you saw it, and I don't need to see any more. And really it was same, the same to me with Josh Allen, many quarterbacks out there. Yeah, I watched Patrick Mahomes play the last game of his rookie year, and I went, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was it was better than I expected. I was expecting something really good, but it was like almost I couldn't believe some of the throws he made against the Denver Broncos that day. So I think I think when we look at quarterbacks, the situation they are in, of course, is always something. But what what are you going to sell me with, J.J.? What is it? Tell me what makes them great. Is it their mobility, their arm, um, you know, their top, whatever. There's got to be something concrete. Don't tell me always oh, they got all the intangibles. I need something I can point to. And I think that's what all the great quarterbacks have. And you talk about Russell Wilson. Oh, he's mobile. He has a really good arm. Same with Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes, will we go to another level there with some of the things? The same with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to go down as one of the greatest throwers of the football in history. Uh, so that's what I look at when I judge him, even out of college. I don't look at stats or nothing. I just look at what can I point to physically that gives them a chance to be an outstanding franchise quarterback.
1: The great Phil Sims. Phil, it's always a pleasure, man. You guys killed it throughout the year. And we got to get final word. Because I was a fan of the suit, by the way. I know Craigie felt otherwise. Boomer's Super Bowl Sunday suit. Was Phil Sims a fan? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a good mix. I thought know, it was a there. baller suit. So was yours for that matter. I got to give you love too. But Boomer's suit's getting a lot of heat right now on the radio station. So I need a CBS authority on this,
0: you know? Oh, man. You know, okay. All right, let's put it this way. Uh, let's. So who are the people judging how Boomer dressed? How do they dress? And what would they know about fashion? Okay, that's what I would say. So, you know, let's don't go to – I don't go – people don't call me to ask my tremendous expertise on right tackles. So you stay in your lane.
1: Whatever that's what I try to do. Phil, you are the best, man. Enjoy the offseason. Hopefully a nice vacation right? in order. And we'll do this
0: hopefully again sooner. Right, bro? All right, buddy. Listen, thanks for having me on and everything. And uh, I didn't know we were going to talk a little fashion. So next Hey, time anything's ready. possible on this show, especially with you
1: guys on the NFL today. And you guys uh, got a high standard there with you and Burleson and JB on the set. It's, uh, boomer's got to keep up there, man. I'm proud of him Sunday. It was a beautiful suit.
0: It was. He look, Hey, just ask Boomer. He looks great, man. That's it. Okay? All <laughs> I right. know
1: that. All right, bro. Take All
0: care, right. Phil. Love you, dude. JJ, have a good night. Thanks for having
1: me on. That's the great Phil Simms, Super Bowl MVP, NFL Today. And, hey, I'm pro Boomer suit, by the way. I thought it was a fabulous suit. I actually want one. If Boomer wants to hook me up with his tailor and get me like 40% off, because I know his suit range, you know, CBS probably taking care of that. It's a little, It might be a little out of my price range. And I don't wear cheap suits. But I guarantee you that is creme de la creme. I was a fan of the suit.